Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Let's be sure this thing is working. There's a space here for you to sit. So, anyway. All right. So, who feels like doing a hymn before we start? All right. We are going to try, come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Then I will, uh, then, then we'll preach. All right. So, you can stand, please. Uh, the guys will give us the, or if you have the song sheet somewhere near you, we can do this, right? Although I'm not the best key giver, uh, we will find the key. The one which works for you is the one you sing in. I have, I have help, first wait. I, I have help. <laughs> I, I have help. Yeah? So, so just wait a little. You get, actually, you have help also because if I give you my key, it would be very terrible. Uh-huh. Great. One more time, let's do that verse. 
Father, we pray that as we listen to your word, you will indeed take our hearts and seal them. Seal them for thy courts above. I pray that the preaching of your word, the listening thereof, will bring something anew in our hearts and remind us of what greater love, what greater love you have for us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Take your seat, please. Thank you very much. Uh, my name is Philip Ahabwe, as you probably heard in the introduction. I am not very new, not very, yeah, new to this service uh, and to the cathedral. I fellowship here, baptized here, confirmed here, wedded here. Most likely the funeral service will be here as well. Yeah, I don't know when that time will be, but most likely it will be here as well. If, when you guys are there, you remind the people, eh, that guy said it will be all sense. Anyway, so I'm married, and uh, where is Gladys? She's there. I'm married to Gladys, and together we have one daughter for now. She's, uh, she's in the kids' corner. It's called Najuna. All right, so... Um, so the topic of our discussion today is knowing the love of God, and the portion that we are getting that topic from is what our sister Grace read for us in Ephesians chapter 3, from verse 14, I think, to 21, knowing the love of God. So uh, a while ago when, when Gerald, sorry, Reverend Gerald, I like to call him Gerard so that I sort of connect better. Anyway, so when Gerard gave me this, you know, information, I thought to myself, wow, I, uh, I hope I have some kind of semblance with the Apostle John to discuss this item, uh, knowing the love of God, somehow known as the Apostle of Love, what the, the disciple Jesus loved. So I thought, eh, I think I am feeling like I've arrived where the Apostle was, but not really, yeah? Uh, Together we will discover what, what we can about this, idea, this, this topic of the love of God. But also another question came to my mind. And I thought to myself, how can we really know the love of God, which sometimes we sing is a love that is indescribable. Yeah? I think there's a song that goes, uh, what? how can I describe a love that is indescribable? I think the singer of that song reached a point and just got stuck and just said, my heart sings, oh, 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 right? So he just got stuck. It's like, I can't describe this thing. So how can we know, and we will see in the portion, the love of God that surpasses all knowledge? Yeah? That's our challenge. Uh, but also, it's a unique month, I suppose, or week. So I, ha I hear people say it's the month of love. I don't know. I just hear. And then this particular week, you know pressure. Yeah? Some of us after this, this afternoon service, we are going off for a conference. So uh, we'll not be around for the rest of the week. And I joke, yeah? But uh, how can we know the love of God that is beyond all knowledge? So I thought to ask you a question. Maybe I'll ask it later. 
This portion in uh, Ephesians chapter 3, uh, when we enter it at verse 14, I think last week our brother Kajina did a good, good job of explaining the mystery. The mystery of Christ being revealed also to the Gentiles. And until this point, the letter of the Apostle Paul to the church is quite heavy in terms of theology and, uh, you know, expounding on this mystery. He's talking about how indeed you guys were far off, but by the love of God have been drawn near, and by grace you have been saved through faith. ETC discusses the thing about how you guys were Gentiles, afar off, hostile, in the halls of hostility. You are just outside what would have been the benefits of this promise of Christ for the people of God. But God in his mercy, and God who is rich in mercy, then drew us. And uh, I think I also discussed, grafted us into the family of God. So he's discussing a you know, fairly heavy theological you know, stuff until he gets to a rather soft space now and he's beginning this part of, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. And he begins to express his prayer, but I would think of it as pray for the church or, you know, tell them what he prays for them about and his prayer lines for them. And I thought to myself, how do you pray for your friends? What are the prayer points you have for your friends? What, what are the things you guys pray for? Uh, work, maybe. They don't, have, they don't have work that they may get work, right? Uh, what else do we pray for? If there's a unique challenge, like there's a sick parent, you know, that's a prayer point, right? Uh, it, it's, a, it's a real thing, right? Uh, what other things do we pray for? If they have an event coming up, they're getting married or something like that, it's a prayer point. Do you guys pray for your friends? Do you? Let me not look at any of you directly. You might think I'm picking on you. Anyway, so the apostle is explaining here the kind of prayer he prays for the church in Ephesus. And I was quite challenged uh, by this kind of prayer. The last time I seriously prayed the prayer in this portion, she doesn't know it, but it was in 2021 on my wife's birthday. So I was praying and asking God, give me a word, you know, that I would pray for, for her. And, and this is where I was led to. But since then, I've not prayed seriously like this for anyone else. Yeah? So, but I just wondered, how, how, how do you pray? Is your prayer anything like what we are going to read? The first part of this prayer, he prays for them, is that he, who is God, would grant you, so you can put yourself, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Reflecting on that part of the prayer made me think of, and part of it in the lines of what we're praying for one another is, are you concerned about the spiritual well-being of one another. So the Apostle Paul is praying for them and he's praying for strength on the inside. And there is a ministry, I think, called Inner Man Ministry. I don't know if you... Have you ever heard about it? Have you ever heard about it, huh? And guys have spiritual names for their ministries. Uh, but yes, there is a ministry called Inner Man. 
Now, I don't know, about, I don't know much more than, other than the name about it. But yes, he prays for them to have some kind of inner spiritual strength. I think of that inner spiritual strength as probably the difference between sometimes giving up and holding on or hanging on, especially in this walk of faith. Yeah? That I think of it as, as though a certain fuel that you need that you know, draws from a certain deep point within you that is not external, that does not depend on how many guys came for service or they didn't come, or what you're going through at that time, that it seems like it is, uh, I don't know what now, expressions are beginning to fail me. There's no better way to put it, some inner spiritual strength. And I think that sometimes, uh, I think there's a scripture that says, if, you're, if you fail in the time of battle, your strength is weak. Yeah? Something like that, right? You've read it. I think it is, uh, huh? if you faint in the day of battle, your strength is weak. So I, I then try to place this scripture along with that kind of thinking. The apostle is praying for them to have some kind of steel. But this steel is not something you work out, like you, you go and exercise, you run 10 kilometers in 45 minutes. That was Isaac some years ago. Uh, uh, or, you know, all, all other things. But he's saying that you be strengthened by his spirit, that somehow the spirit of God will give us inner strength. Because I tell you what, we will need it. Actually, we need it. We need it on a daily basis. In this journey of faith, we need it. Like I told you, Isaac used to do 10 kilometers in 45 minutes. You take us for some runs and you reach a point where you feel like your heart is going to burst. Burst like legit. There was a, a very steep place. We used to call it AR, but I don't think that's what its name is. Somewhere in Kololo, when you pass by AR and then you begin to... Turn. Do, you know, do you guys know that place? Clement Hill? I don't know if that's what it's called. That place was steep. Steep! And you needed some inner strength. Eh? Spiritual strength even. You'd be approaching that place and you're praying, Lord God, please, please, this time, yeah? And I, I kid you not, yeah? If you beat that hill, somehow you got strength to go the whole time, the whole distance. But inner spiritual strength, God by his spirit might give you some steel, some resilience, some what is the word? Other word that can fit in that place. And we need it. Again, place this scripture or this prayer in a mirror or in a kind of comparison with the kind of things that we pray for one another. So he prays for them that they might have and be strengthened by God's spirit in the inner man. That's number one. Number two, he also prays for them that Christ may dwell in their hearts by faith. How does Christ dwell in our hearts? Remember that, you know how we used to say it, how you, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door of their hearts, I do what? I come in. That kind of exercise is a faith exercise. In fact, in chapter 2, I think it's verse uh, 4 or 5 thereabout, the apostle discusses and tells them how indeed we have been saved by grace through faith. This, mom that moment when you, 
invited the Lord Jesus into your heart and some, did you feel like something had happened to you and then like something entered? You watch Nigerian movies when a ghost enters a guy? You remember that, those pictorials, yeah? Did you, did you feel that kind of something entering you? Not quite, right? If you did, praise God. I didn't. But that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. In other words, the line of prayer that our sister Nora was leading us in, where we are praying for those that have not known the Lord, we pray for them to receive him, that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith, that they may through faith receive the grace of God and the love of God. That, that is really demonstrated through Christ as we shall discover shortly. Again, use this time, use this, this prayer to mirror or to compare or how you pray for those around you and also how you pray for uh, others. So he prays for them that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith and that they might be rooted and grounded in love. I think there was... I don't know if it was a, a year or so ago. There was a time when this portion, I think, was a theme. I don't remember if it was Pesetas or the ministry or something. Do you, do you remember this anywhere? In 2015. Yeah. These guys have, um, what do they call it? They call it uh, institutional knowledge. Ah, the side of the class is in this one. Is on, as Brian has said. So, to be rooted and grounded in love. He also prays for them that they may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Let me first pause there. So, as I read this and I thought about it, I wondered why he added to comprehend with the saints. Couldn't you have just said, just you guys comprehend, you know, know the love of God. But I see an element of fellowship. Fellowship. He's praying for the brethren like you would pray for someone, like you'd pray for me, like you'd pray for anyone else. To be able to comprehend, to understand, not alone, but together with the saints as we will discover how the love of God is manifested and we are able to tell that it is present in a place, in the saints, in the fellowship, in the brethren, together. Together. And the theme for this year, I think for the diocese, no, not just the diocese, the diocese or the province, but I know the diocese, is around united in service. There's something else. Growth, in service and growth, or growth and service. United for service and growth. Institutional knowledge is at play here again. Anyway, united for service and growth. And I thought about fellowship. 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 Whether that fellowship is cell, whether that fellowship is uh, YOMS, or that fellowship is TFC, or that fellowship is whatever that the fellowship is, even this one of, of 3 p.m., together with the saints, the day you start living your Christian life as a solo project, I, I, I don't think you'll have much success as you continue. Yeah? You will be 
you know, headed for that thing. Fellowship together with the saints, we experience, we understand the love of God together. And not in isolation. God has worked out our, our journey of faith that it is lived with, in, among the people. Yes, you don't get saved and immediately you're just whisked away into heaven. You remain here, remain relevant on the earth, remain uh, beneficial to the community in which you are. So you ask yourself, how you have participated in this part of the prayer, in this part of the scriptures, how you have helped the brethren comprehend the love of God, how wide it is, how deep it is, how high it is, and how long it is. I think that the apostle tried to get the dimensions that he could get. Is this now 4D? What, what D is this? Is this 4D? You know how... We used to have X and Y axis, right? Then I think there was Z. Was it? So that was 3D. Oh, that was some dimensions, whatever, dimensions. 360. Now, you're losing many people. But he tried. He talked about what he could, the dimensions he could access in that moment. And I think that's where the challenge is. Because he quickly then adds this qualifier. He says that you might know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Now, how are we supposed to know that? Huh? How are we supposed to know something that you can't know? You get the question? I think about uh, this part. Okay, the love of God is what we are discussing today. But many other aspects about God we have a limitation in how our minds can comprehend them. Many aspects about God. His love, His grace, His greatness, His sovereignty, His mercy. There's a limitation in how far our minds can, you know, really, should I say, grasp the matter. But His Spirit, who is alive in us, helps us recognize, helps us uh, identify, helps us have some kind of, you know, feeble understanding or some kind of near understanding of this love of God. And uh, we're going to open a few other scriptures and some of them you will suggest them. But, actually, let me ask it at this point. When you think about the love of God, which scriptures come to mind? Suggest us. John 3.16, which says, huh? For God so loved the world, uh -huh, that he gave his only begotten son. You guys are murmuring like you don't know it very well. Some of you haven't read it since those days when you used to use Good News Bible. Let's just go there. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, and by the way, this is Jesus speaking. If you have a Bible like mine where the words of Jesus are in red, just so that you don't confuse the words, this, these ones are in red, yeah? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that, whosoever, so that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have 
everlasting life. God so loved the world. God, because of his love, that is so much, gave the world his son. Yeah? That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So, I'm going to use this guy he didn't know. I was somewhere recently, and someone so loved his friend that he gave her a ring. You guys know that someone, eh? <laughs> okay, we have finished. So, for God so loved the world that, the, okay, we are beginning to see some of the demonstrations of God's love uh, for us in his, how he could demonstrate his love for us, Jesus told us, is that he gave his son uh, to, for us, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And some guys have used that scripture to say that Omutu wakwagala, akwa. Have you heard that theology? Okay, that message. And especially when they are telling men to love their wives, isn't it? Yeah, that you have to give them. Have you heard that message? Anyway, let me leave you. Okay, another scripture that comes to mind when you think about the love of God. Anyone? First John chapter 3, verse 16. Raph is pausing, you guys. Showing you that he's a Bible reader. It's another 3.16. We can read it, but this time it's First John, not John. So 3.16 says, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. We also ought, we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. There are people whom you love. Okay, you understand this love idea, isn't it? There are people whom you love, isn't it? Uh, or you know, this person loves me. Yeah? Uh, how, how did you know? How did you know that they loved you? Millie, there is someone who loves you in this congregation. Yeah? How did you know? Were you like the other, eh? the other sister who also first received something to know that this guy really loves me? Okay, let me not pick on Millie. Anyone who is bold enough to share, how did you know whether that person is a friend, whether that person is a parent? Yes, how did you know, my brother? Through actions. Acts, what kind of actions? They, they polish your shoes. Which, which kind of actions? Physical, emotional, like that. All right, thank you very much. Uh, anyone else? How did you... How did you ever first encounter love? It's love week. Guys, yes? Sacrifice. Human sacrifice or just sacrifice? <laughs> okay, sacrifice. Like they would give up things for you, yeah? Uh, Sarah would share her meals with you, yeah? There was no sibling rivalry. Yeah? She fought you. Bullies. Oh, okay. So nice. Anyway, anyone else? Love? How did you first encounter? Understand? You guys are not bold enough to share, yeah? Okay. Here, the Apostle John, 
also known as the apostle of love, some people say, says that we know love because he laid down his life for us. We also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But, okay, before we read this scripture, eh, there are moments when something happens to you that is very nice, and then you really say, but God loves me. Isn't it? You are praying for a job, and then you got it. You will be like, brethren, okay, there used to be testimony time in 3 p.m. Brethren, you know, I have a testimony, the Lord really uh, gave me a job, yeah? Or the Lord gave me, there used to be testimonies of some expensive phones in 3 p.m., sometimes back. Uh, and, and that's how we thought, that's how we understood testimony at that time. But there are times when things happen to you that are nice, yeah? And in that moment, you are sure that the Lord loves you. Yeah? Okay, you guys may not agree, but I think sometimes, if you're like me, those moments you're really, really, really sure the Lord loves you. Then there are those days when things are not quite going the way you want or you would desire. Then you wonder if the Lord loves you, right? Again, if you are honest, you would say. In fact, some people have gone a step ahead and said, ah, me the things of God, mm -mm. I, I cannot continue. How could he let it happen? How? How could he let it happen? We prayed, we fasted. In fact, even the person we were praying and fasting for was a believer, real, real, not, not, the, not these other ones where you're saying, hmm, nah, real believer. How could God let it happen? And our weak hearts begin to doubt the love of God, wonder if the love of God is the same as it was in those other moments. But the scripture is telling us that this is how we know love. And this is how God demonstrated his love. That he gave us Jesus. And he didn't give us Jesus like a trophy. Eh? Like every time you move around with Jesus, he certainly opens eh, doors. Or what, what kind of magic? What kind of superpower? Like a superpower. Eh? Let, me, let me use Jesus. He didn't give us Jesus like a superpower. Like you have something that is in here. If, if things are not working, you activate Jesus, boom, you're through. That's not how he gave us Jesus, right? He gave us a normal Jesus, a Jesus who went through all humanity, a suffering and dying Jesus, you get. And this was the demonstration of the love of God to us. It didn't quite align with our understanding of love. But that's it. That's it. The best way God could show us that he loves us was to give us, or was giving us, Jesus Christ, who is literally giving us himself. That was the best way. In fact, if you don't like that scripture, let's go to another one. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Uh, we, we can read that one also. Are you there? Um, 
was wondering if we could read it from verse 4. Ah. But uh, let us see. Okay, chapter 5. It's all right, we can pick it from verse 6. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would dare die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That was God's demonstration of his love for us. When we, still, when we did not want him, uh, when, so this week, I told you we have a daughter, yeah? So I try to convince her that I love her. I try. I tell her, you know, they advise us as men to keep telling these things to your daughters, what, what, what. Yeah, so it's not natural. Eh? When, when, <laughs> when men are discussing this item of love, it's, it's not, a very, not a very natural situation. But I try to convince her that I love her. And even now, I think she has not understood it very well, but she says it back. So, sometime this week, we were fighting. We were fighting because she wanted to go away. What did she want to do? I forget what she wanted to do. She wanted to... She didn't want to sleep when I thought she needed to sleep. Uh, and many other things. So, we fought. We fought, and I think the mother looked at us both and wondered, what do I do? <laughs> She cried, and I said, you are not going to leave this place until you stop crying, and then we have a discussion. She cried and cried, and got tired, and cried again. So I thought to myself, Ned, does this girl know how much I love her? I am not trying to punish her. I think it's good to sleep. I think it's time to sleep. But in that moment, I am the worst person. I want to go to mommy. I want mommy. I don't want... You know, she can say those things. If you find her around, she'll say those things to you. So, I also began to get tired. <laughs> In my heart, I said, this girl, if she only knew. But this is how God demonstrated his love to us. He gave us Jesus, even when we didn't want. Even when we hadn't yet asked, we didn't even know that we needed the Savior. And God gave us Jesus. Yeah? This was his demonstration of love to humanity, to us. This was the height and breadth and depth and weight and all those dimensions you can think about. The one complete picture, one complete evidence of the love of God for all humanity. For God so loved the world, for all humanity is Jesus. That's the one complete evidence. It's not when you get the job. It's not when you get uh, a car, a new car. It's not all those things. It is the Lord Jesus in our hearts. That is the complete, complete, complete demonstration of the love of God for us. Verse 8 said, but God demonstrates his own love towards us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There is another verse about the love of God. 1 John 3, verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has lavished on us, that 
that we should be called the children of God. That address of children of God, that place, that uh, privilege, we know how we access it, isn't it? John chapter 1 verse 12, isn't it? How do we become children of God? For all those that did what? Received him and believed in him. He gave the right to be children of God. Every demonstration of the love of God has Jesus at the center. At the center. That's why Bugembe, the other time you used to sing, when you bring those kind of testimonies, that is not the demonstration of the love of God. In fact, that day, Satan was in the congregation and said, ah, guys, no, not me. Eh? Do you remember that song? Bogembe's song. You guys, you guys were, not, you were not Christians at that time. You were in Egypt. Eh? You should look out for Bogembe's old songs. They were really, really rich. Anyway, all those moments when you... Anyway, yeah, so it's all... It has Jesus at the center. Uh, one of the portions, let's just go there quickly. First John again, chapter 4. I told you this Apostle John has a certain way God revealed this love uh, matter to him, and he did a lot of writing about it. Uh, so I might become John Philip. That doesn't rhyme. But uh, all right, so First John chapter 4, we can pick it from verse well, what, 7. Can pick it from verse 7, with a couple of verses there. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone who is born of God knows. So, and everyone who is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested. Toward us, that God sent his own begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, let us also love one another. Hallelujah. Again, same theme, same message, different aspects. There were no flowers. God did not bring flowers. There was no chocolate. There was no money, eh, whether it is decorated or not. There, was, there were no gifts. There were no love languages. It was one, Jesus. Do you get? It was one. It was one. And consistently so, isn't it? So, for us, again, in this, do you see then that this prayer of the Apostle Paul for the church and for anyone that you would be praying for is really a prayer for salvation and I would say continual salvation. Really, it's about knowing God. It's about knowing God. It's about having a relationship with Jesus. Yeah? For you, love week is showing up Maybe you don't even feel like anyone loves you. Here is concrete evidence 
the maker of the universe loves you. The best love gift you can get in love week is this relationship with the Lord. It's the best you can have for yourself. The best. Yeah? If that thing that you are in does not have this Jesus anywhere around and about it, it's not love. It's not the love of God which has been shared abroad in our hearts by His Spirit, isn't it? It's not. It's not because as far as God is concerned, when He needed to show love, it was Jesus. The full fullness of God, the complete embodiedness of God. In fact, the apostle, when he finishes that prayer, he says, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. In Jesus was all the fullness of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's the gist of the message. That's it. That's it. Knowing the love of God is really knowing Jesus and having this relationship. And then he begins to unfold different aspects about him. You begin to know God at different levels and understand him at different levels and then experience him in different ways among the saints in different, different ways. And he continues, says, now to him he is able to, to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask for according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. When you're quoting this scripture in prayer, sometimes you're saying, Lord, you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above. It's because probably you're asking for some favor in a job, isn't it? And you, sometimes you're inclined to certain things, yeah? Things that, that are not quite, eh? the, the exceeding, the greatest exceedingly and abundantly and above what we could ask for, think about, wish for, pray for, imagine, ETC was God becoming flesh. You imagine God becoming flesh. It didn't stop there. All the way through the problems of humanity, you become hungry, you sweat, you need to shower, you need to go to the toilet, you fart. God becoming flesh. Am I, am I going so much? Yeah? And it didn't stop there. All the way to the cross, God died. Paradox, isn't it? God died. He died. He died. But didn't stay there. Hallelujah. He didn't stay. And he rose again. That he might win for us an access towards God. Even us Gentiles, even us who are here in Uganda, that we might have an access to God. That we might that we might have a relationship with God, that we might know God, even us, even you, even me, those who don't look like it, even the ones who look like it, that we might all have equal access to God. Praise the Lord. And once upon a time, Jesus was telling them a story. He told them and said, uh, a certain man, do you remember him in Luke 15? A certain man who had two sons, do you remember that story? Yeah, if you have read your Bible, you have read that chapter. It has lost things. It has a lost coin. It has a lost son. And I lost something else. Remember it? A sheep. 
And he told them the story. I think that a lot of that, script, of that story was Jesus trying to demonstrate or to give the people an example or something that looks like that would give them a picture of God's heart of a father to the people, to us, to us. And I like that story very much because it says the guy went and took what belonged to him and wasted it in riotous living. Wasted. Riotous living. Yeah? He wasted. And then he reached the point. You know that story, you can read it and think life was as quick as, it was, as you're reading it. I don't know how long it was. God knows. I don't know whether it was a couple of months. I don't know whether it has been a couple of months for you. I don't know if it has been a couple of days for you. I don't even know if it has been a couple of years for you. But he went and wasted his, his all in riotous living. And all the things that sometimes we look towards to give us some kind of meaning in life, then, find them, then you quickly realize they are empty. So I don't know how long it has been for you. But he went and wasted. You know the story very well. Until he reached that point, and sometimes you need to reach the end. Sometimes you really need to, reach, to hit rock bottom. Isn't it? Yeah, sometimes you need to reach the end. And then there, you realize, you know what, there's no else I can go. The only way is up. And then God begins now to deal with you. God begins now to open your heart up. Then he said, ah, he came to his senses. Of course, the spirit of God working in him. He came to his senses and said, hey, I'm here eating with swine, eating with pigs. Have you ever been to a place of guys who have pigs? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there, you guys? Or you only enjoy it when it's on the plate? <laughs> now, me, I've been there, severally. It's, it's not kawa. It's not, it's not, it's not. And the guy could wish to fill his stomach with that stuff. And it was so bad, the guy was even saying, don't touch, don't touch it. <laughs> the master, don't touch it. <laughs> okay, pig's food. Don't touch. But God, working in him by his spirit, drawing the man back, I also wonder, because the scripture again tells us that the father saw the son afar off. I just wonder how many times was the father around that area to imagine when the son is coming home. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder if it was just he was chanced that day that he just reached there and said, mm, well, that looks like my son. No, I don't think it was just that day. I, in my heart, there is a feeling that he was always there wondering, perhaps he might come back today. Perhaps it might be today. Perhaps it might be tomorrow. Perhaps it might be next year. Perhaps, perhaps, and he just kept going. Sometimes life is like that. Situations, and you just think, maybe it is today when they will be better. Maybe it was today. Maybe it's tomorrow. And it just keeps going on. But there is that day. There is that day. There is the appointed day when the son comes home. There is the appointed day when you come home. There is the appointed day when the son comes home. No wonder when he saw him afar off, he couldn't wait. He went and ran to him. Again, I told you guys, this thing of love is a bit strange for us men. So you read that scripture, and it is as real as it is. He ran to him, he hugged him, and he kissed him. Yeah? 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 <laughs> On the cheek, eh? Okay. <laughs> okay. So let me tell you a story about that part, yeah? So today I was listening to a song. My wife was playing it. Some guy was, I think it's a gospel song, isn't it? 
And uh, this, the musician is, is praying for the Lord to kiss him. Oh, God. <laughs> I could not help myself. I asked her, is, that, is he singing kiss? He said, yes. I moved on. Yeah? I said, let me, not, let me ignore her. Do you know that song? Some of you know it. Okay, you may not know it. I will not tell you. I don't want you to think I have issue with a musician. No, I, I, have, I have no issue with a guy. In fact, he has other songs that have blessed us and we use them in worship. Anyway, there is the appointed day when the sun comes home. When the sun comes home, there is the appointed day. Maybe for you, this love week should be the appointed day when you come home. I don't know where you are in your heart. Maybe you're not even here and you're just going to watch this someone sometime later. There is the appointed day when the father who has been waiting, waiting for very long, waiting for many days, waiting for many hours, waiting, hoping that you will be back, will see you afar off, see you afar off, run to you, hug you, kiss you, embrace you, command that the cloth is put on you, blah, 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 all those things, you know the story. Now us, the brethren, sometimes we have a problem. We have a problem. When someone has received the love of God, where we should be celebrating, we are like the other guy, but my father, I've been here. You've never given me a kid to, to share with my friends. You know? You're like, hey, this guy, if I need me, God saved. Ah, that, that, I, think, I think he's just looking for something else. Let's bow our heads in prayer. I don't know what has come to you or you know, that you seem to have aligned with in your heart as, as we shared about the love of God and we spoke about Jesus. But I want to ask you to pray, maybe along the lines that the apostle was praying for the church in Ephesus. And, and maybe for you, you're just saying, Lord, I just want to fall in love again, fall in love with you again. Maybe that's the love you want to fall in in this period. Guys are falling in love left, right, and center for you. Just saying, Lord, I just want to fall in love with you. Maybe some of you, it is even again, like sometimes back. I, I want to encourage you and let your heart just go out to God and, and make you that communication to God. Yeah, just pray and speak to the Lord. Speak to the Lord. I don't know how the Spirit of God is ministering to you. Yeah, but don't allow yourself to be quiet in the presence of God. Just speak to God. Speak to God. And allow yourself to take in the message and speak to Him. It's, by, it's nice when it is still fresh, when it's still you know, in your mind, before you get distracted from many, by many things. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you are a Father who has given the very best that you could give Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We try to understand this love that you have for us and it surpasses our understanding. But by your spirit, we are able to just have a glimpse, just have an, a, a little idea what it could be like. We are able to somehow experience it as we relate with you, as we know you, as we know you, thank you, thank you.
I pray that, Lord, this season will be a life-transforming season for a brother and sister out there who hasn't received the love of God, that, Lord, their hearts will be open. I pray for that son that needs to come home. Lord, I pray for them, if they are here under the sound of my voice, that your spirit will minister to them, will convict, convict deeply that place where no man can reach, but only your spirit has access and convict and draw us and draw our hearts to you and draw us to you, draw us to the love that really never fails, that never fails, that always hopes, that believes all things. That love that surpasses all human understanding, that love that led you to the cross of Calvary, that love for which you gave up all things, all things, even your glory above, that love for which you gave up all honor and you are embarrassed and humiliated on that cross, that love that our hearts will be open to it, to receive it, to receive it beyond this other love of the world that confuses us, beyond these other things that we could ask for in you, that love that led you to the cross of Calvary, that we might receive it, that we might know it, that we might experience it, and that it will constrain us and, and also just inspire us to share you with many others. That the love that has grown cold will be rekindled, O oh God, by your Spirit. May it be rekindled. May it be rekindled in the fellowship with the brethren, in the reading of your word, in spending time with you. May it be rekindled to the glory of your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray.